All right. You all are awful quiet. (laughs) Awful quiet, but it's okay. Let's go ahead and pray and we'll jump right into this new series that God has for us. Father, we, I just ask you to bless this message. I pray that you will open the eyes of our understanding that we may receive revelation from you in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so you all, we've started this year out, of course, again, uh, you know, with the word of the Lord in his presence. How many of you were blessed by that? We just went through, we completed a series here about, you know, being in his presence, but what can happen as we're in his presence, right? We found out we can be led in his presence, right? We found out we can receive healing in his presence. We found out that we're empowered in his presence. And we found out that we can be prospered in his presence. That should take away that uh, demand to feel like you need somebody else to prosper you. And so I'm taking the time to share that today because don't let that just be a word you heard. I'm going to make you talk to me today. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing. So go back and listen to that word. And if you're new here today, you heard Pastor Rodney mention our app. You can go back on our new app and listen again and again and again because God's not done speaking. So today we're introducing a new series titled Close to Him, Close to Them. And I'm sure when I say that, you know, we can immediately begin to uh, think we know where we're going with this, right? So I'm going to ask you to just lean in and be open to what God will say. So let's go to our first scripture here, our foundation scripture. It's found in 1 John chapter 1, 5 through 7 in the New Living Translation. It reads this way. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So as we go through this um, new series, verse 7 is going to be our focus. But remember, we just read verses 5 through 6. So let me give you a little bit of context for you to hold on to so that you know that, you know, every word in the the Bible is true, but I'm just going to give you a little bit more evidence today, right? So this particular passage of Scripture was written by the apostle uh, John. He was one of the 12 disciples of Jesus. And he also wrote another very familiar passage of scripture in the gospel of John in chapter three, verses 16 through 17. And if you grew up in the church, whether you've been, this is your first time coming back to church 10 years ago, you're very familiar with this context that John talks about in uh, chapter three, when he said, you know, God so loved the world, right? That he gave his son, that whoso believes in him should do what? Come on, you know the word. But it goes on to say, as John is telling about Jesus's message, Jesus's message was not a message of condemnation, right? Because God tells us there that he sent Jesus into the world, not to judge us, but to save us. Okay? So the same author who 
told us that when we are walking in salvation today, we grab hold of that and we're living out the manifestation of that, is the same one that wrote this uh, Jesus's message here in 1 John chapter 1. And so because we understand that those things are true, I want to draw your attention real quick back to 1 John chapter 1, 5 and 6. But this time, let's read it from the Amplified. And you should be able to follow along with me in your messages here, in your uh, notes, I'm sorry, in your new app. Everybody say amen to that. (laughs) This is the message of God's promise revelation, which we have heard from him and now announced to you, that God is light, he is holy, his message is truthful, he is perfect in righteousness, and in him there is no darkness at all, no sin, no wickedness, no imperfection. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness of sin, we lie and do not practice the truth. But I'm going to take you back to what our focus is going to be as we go through this series on close to him equals close to them. And again, it's found in verse 7. But I'm going to read this again from the New Living Translation, which we just previously word. Now, verse 7 starts out with the word, but. So we know that that's a conjunction and it's connecting five and six, right? But one of my favorite words comes after that word, but. It's the word if. Oh, come on, somebody. It's the word if. So we know that that's conditional. If we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So that's truth. When we're living in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And that sometimes is a mind renewal, meaning that you have to understand the blood did it all. The blood cleansed us from that sin. So there's something that happens in us and for us when we live in that light that Jesus came to give. Real relationship, I'm sorry, real fellowship with God affects the way we live our lives. Real, real fellowship. Not fake fellowship, real fellowship. What's real fellowship look like? I'm glad you asked. You want to have fun in church? We can have fun with Jesus. Real fellowship looks like 21 days of prayer and fasting. Real fellowship looks like maybe listening to the word and reading your word. Real fellowship looks like spending time just in his presence. Real fellowship can look like coming to church, not doing a drive by, not coming to interview, but coming to church. Do you know real fellowship can look like joining a small group? Real fellowship with the Father, close to him, allows us to be close to them. Here's a quote for you. The light of the love, I'm sorry, the light of the love and goodness of God is so powerful that it's impossible to stand under the light and remain unchanged. The light allows us to see and experience God's love. We don't want to do a drive-by on that, right? And it's a free gift. 
We don't have to manufacture it. It's a free gift. So there are two things that are going to occur when we get exposed to this light. We either fall in love with the light and get increasingly uncomfortable with the dark shadows that are still trying to cling to our character, or we fade back to our old life in darkness. So in other words, when we get exposed to this light, it's going to require us to change. And can I tell you, we don't like change. Change is uncomfortable. Change can be difficult, but it's going to require us to change. You know, I'm sure you've heard bishops say this, just give us a year and just do everything that we're asking you to do and you won't recognize your life in a year. And I'm sure... Uh, you know, if I ask by a show of hands, and I'm just, you don't have to do this, but I'm going to say it anyway, that how many of you have been coming consistently and you, you didn't just come to church, you actually went to a, the growth track process. You went to all of them. You didn't just do step one to be a member. You went to two to discover your design. You went to three to know how you can make a difference. You joined a dream team, right? You did all of those things to, to, embrace this light. And I'm sure today when you went through that process of living in the light, because that's what it looks like, right? I'm sure you individuals in your uh, circle of friends in these relationships are probably saying, man, you seem different. They see the change in you. Some of them may be saying, you know, maybe some uh, thems, friendships that you've had, may say, gosh, why are you doing all that? It doesn't take all of that. Can't you just go to church and then let me know when you're out and I meet you X, Y, Z? Or you may be in the room today. And you may be saying, does it really take all of that? Can I be close to him and take all of them with me too? Well, let's keep going. Let's find out. Whether we've chosen to live in the light or we haven't made that decision, it still starts with a choice. We have to make a choice. Why? Because John, remember the apostle John was telling us truth of Jesus's message. Here in John chapter three, verse 19, it reads this way. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light for their actions were evil. Now, I want to remind you, remember, Jesus didn't come in the world to judge us. He came to save those who would believe. But if we choose not to live in the light, we're judging ourselves. So what's your choice going to be today? Because when we love the darkness more than the light... What we are saying is we're choosing to separate ourselves from the Father. Jesus loved the world. That's everybody. But individually, we have to decide to say yes to him, right? So here's another quote for you. You can't close the distance between you and God without that choice creating more distance between you and God and ungodly things. 
And can I just tell you this, that making that choice to be close to him can feel uncomfortable. Because some of the ungodly things that we end up getting involved in, they become our normal. Whether we didn't know they were ungodly things or, you know, we were hanging out with certain individuals that we love to hang out with and we just ended up in ungodly things. And so when, when you hear this message of love saying, but come close to me, because I'll make it better for you to be close to them, it kind of makes you question some things, right? I know I'm not the only one in the room. Becoming close to him means I got to surrender some things. I got to surrender my will. I got to surrender my want to. I have to surrender my right to be angry. I have to surrender my desire to refuse to forgive. Again, uncomfortable. But the distance that it will put between you and the darkness is real. It's real, but it's the right choice and it's the best choice that you and I could ever make. You know, I was thinking about an uh, example to give uh, on separating, drawing close to him and separating from the darkness. Um, So I'm getting ready to give my illustration, okay? And so everybody says, say this with me. She is talking about herself. She is not talking about me. So let me put my rocks down. Oh, that, that you all dropped in. I need, I need to hear that part for real. Let me put my rocks down, right? So several years ago, um, and this is me with Jesus. Several years ago, uh, over 20 years ago, because I've been married 20 years now this year. But uh, so, yeah, clap for my husband. He's graced and anointed. <laughs> um. I made the decision to move in with my then boyfriend. Life was so good. I was having fun. It was great until it wasn't. I was going to church every Sunday. See, again, I don't have to talk about you. I can talk about me. I was going to church every Sunday. And uh, thank God for the people that God had already put in my life that loved me. They didn't judge me. They didn't beat me over the head. But I love God. I was a believer. But something started happening in my heart. And I went to this church uh, one day, you know, because you can't go to the ones where you feel like you walk out and Jesus don't even love me. (laughs) Am I the only one? Come on, my 12 o'clock group. But I went to this particular church, and it was a um, multicultural church, and it was really the first time that I had seen individuals raise their hands to God. You know, they put the words on the screen and everything, and it was just so beautiful. And so when I started going to that church, I started getting back into my word, reading my Bible. And there was this pull to come close to him. 
And I could remember saying to the father, God, how did I get so far away from you? How did I get here? But can I tell you, I discovered something. Is that I may have felt far from him, but God was never far from me. He was right there. And I asked God then, I said, God, get me out of this. Now, on the outside, it looked like everything was great. Everything was wonderful. Oh, she's living her best life. We wasn't doing this back then, I I can tell you that. And to say, God, get me out of this, and then he opens the doors to allow me to walk out of that close to him. Because I tell you today, had I not asked God that, I wouldn't be standing here today talking to you. I can guarantee you I would not be. But God walked me out of that. And as a result of me joining closer to him, I promise you my relationship with them was better. And it did allow me to separate. It allowed me to separate till there were individuals in my life that could not understand why was I making that decision. I made the decision because my heart wanted to be close to him. And so when we decide to live in the light, there are going to be some individuals that won't understand your choice. But I promise you, it's one that will transform your life. It'll transform your relationships. You know, when we draw close to God, one of the blessings that happens is we no longer have to be walk around with masks. Because being close to him brings freedom. And so when we're in these relationships, we can be free to be who God created us to be. And we don't have to pretend. We don't have to hide behind this lie of perfection. There's only one perfect one, and his name is Jesus. We can really say it's okay to not be okay. We don't have to perform to get others to accept us and to like us. We don't have to sell our soul to the devil. Can I tell you that one of the individuals that did not understand my decision to walk out of that, and let me tell you, it wasn't an entanglement. I think I had a whole lasso of ropes tied around me. I was deep in that. One was extremely close to me. And I couldn't wrap my head around like, you say you love me, but you're questioning me walking away from something that you know is not God's best for my life. But it didn't stop me from going close to him. And as a result, I know relationships are better. So as we go through this series, here's a quote for you to consider. The health of our vertical relationship with God is reflected in our horizontal relationships with people. When our relationships with God is real, then you and I are healthy. And when we're healthy, we operate in healthy relationships. Can I just tell you something? Um, I lead our uh, impact counseling here. And one of the things that, you know, I'll stress even to the team is that unhealthy relationships plus an unhealthy relationship 
equals an unhealthy relationship. Right? Unhealthy relationship plus a healthy relationship equals an unhealthy relationship. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. So when we have two healthy people, we'll have a healthy relationship. And can I tell you there's some liberty here when you understand that you don't have to become healthy by yourself. Remember I said I made a choice. God, I need get me out of this. And then I didn't fight against his process. It got quiet. It felt lonely to me. Notice I said it felt lonely to me. It caused me to be forward focused instead of looking back, telling myself all kind of lies. Oh, it was so good when I was here, was it? It was good when he was paying all my bills and I got a full-time job. And he doesn't have a license that made my name his last name. Or let me come into 2024. It felt good when she was paying all my bills. Oh, And I'm not getting up going to work as a man of God. I got three key points. I'm going to keep moving because I'd like to come back this year. I'd like to come back this year close to him. Remember close to them because it allows our relationships to be better, right? Here are three key points I want to, from this introduction, I want you to remember. Real fellowship with God inevitably affects the way we live our lives and we function in our relationships, right? It's impossible to live in the light and our relationships and remain unchanged. The good things don't, think about it. We influence those uh, that we are around the most from the simplest things. Parents in the room, if you think you are not influencing your children, these babies, oh, they're watching everything you do in living color. So it's not what you're saying. See, I got him preaching over here. It's what you're doing. God's light exposes the dark shadows hiding in our character. And we all have, we all have flaws. That's why we need to live in the light. I'm standing here with the mic and I promise you I have some. And so we have weaknesses and things that try to hide. Remember I said it, it allows us when we live in the light to take that mask off. So God helps us to become more like him when we live in the light. And as we grow closer to God, we are challenged to confront those areas because God doesn't want us to to operate in a way that he never created us to be. You know, a lot of times our demeanor and the things that we do in certain, you know, fear that we're walking around in, they came because somebody else did something wrong to us. Or somebody used their words to tell you who you were that were contrary to what God has said. And so God is coming along today to say, I didn't tell you that. I told you you were fearfully and wonderfully made. I told you that you were blessed and highly favored. 
I told you that no weapon formed against you would prosper. I told you that I'll supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. I told you that I'll never leave you or forsake you. That's what Jesus said, right? And when we, when we are living in the light and we are operating in that liberty, of course, our relationships are going to be impacted positively. Here's another quote for you. Human relationship is a stage that spotlight our character. Oh, it's going to turn one of those, I don't know what you call it, like lighthouse lights on it. Come on. Okay, so y'all so saved in here. Let me go and let me follow somebody home in the house. When Bishop Davis, you're not in front of Bishop Davis. Oh, there's a spotlight going on. And you want to know the biggest eye opener is marriage. Oh, for all the single people who are going to come to the singles conference. Oh, okay. You're going to come to the singles conference, not to get the hookup, but just to come to understand <laughs> that you are, you need to be whole first. Because when you're in that, that place of marriage, you realize who you are. That's all I'm saying. You know who you are. Okay. I'll give you the number to impact counseling. We could talk about it in private. So Apostle John goes on to share another truth with us here in John chapter 4, verse 19. It says, we love because God loved us first. But if we say we love God and don't love each other, we are liars. We cannot see God. So how can we love God if we don't love people we can see? The commandment that God has given us is love God and love each other. So the question becomes, how can we love God if we don't love the people we see? You know, you heard me uh, say a moment ago that, you know, we want to hold on to our anger. We want to just hold on to it and wear it like a badge of honor. Get that off of you. It's not worth it. It's not worth your health. It's not worth your sleepless nights. It's not worth your uh, digestive system being all bogged up in knots because you can't even eat. Because you've got rocks in your jaws because of what he said, they said, she said. But when we talk about love, let's look at what God says love is according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, and is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. God's love. You know, that part in there, for me, I still have to have a guard on that. Not irritable, but the part here that says it keeps no record of being wrong. I have to guard that one. 
Y'all better pray for me. I have to guard that one. <laughs> but you know what gives me the power to do it is because it's in the Word. Because I can say, I am patient and kind. I am not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. I don't demand my own way. I'm not irritable, and I keep no record of being wrong. I don't rejoice about injustice, but I rejoice whenever the truth wins out. Can I say this to you? That is who we were created to be. Can I tell you, this world tries to change our identity. When life comes, it leaves such damage and such scars till we don't even know who we are. And can I release some of you today, when, you, when we read that scripture, you may say, I grew up in a home where I didn't feel love, or maybe I was abused, or I was cursed out, or I was whatever. Well, maybe they didn't know that God loved them. Maybe they didn't have an understanding. Maybe they didn't walk into a church where they could hear and see from the word of God what true love looks like. It's not, it doesn't demand on its own way. So when we're living in a way, and I'm going to talk back to my single individuals here, when you're living in a way and you are trying to live under this light and, and you do get your hookup or whatever with somebody that's trying to demand their own way for you to compromise on what you have said to the Father. Watch me, watch me, watch, watch. This is them, watch me. Turn this way and just walk away. I know Valentine's Day is coming up, and I'm not trying to mess up your hookups. But can I tell you something? <laughs> there is no other love than the love that you and I experience when we're close to him. So if we say we're patient toward God, are we really patient? Or if we say we're kind, toward God. Are we really kind? And I can go a little further. If we're just, you know, I'm going to be kind toward Bishop Davis or Pastor April or Pastor Rodney. But the slip comes out and I'm cussing and cutting and are we really kind? And remember, Jesus' message is not a message of condemnation. Because I don't know about you, I need him every, every breath I breathe. But there is a liberty that comes in every area of our lives when we just pull close to him. So our real character is displayed when we, when we find ourselves in sometimes challenging relationships. So as we're going through this series, it's about relationships. But, but. Who am I in the relationship? You know, so often we want to change the other person. We want to demand that they change. But our love for God is put on display when we love people anyway, despite what they've done, despite what they've said. 
And I don't know about you, that's a growing because the revelation comes because God loved me. See, that love overflows in our hearts. And when I say overflow, it should overflow and flow out to everyone that we meet. And this is something that we practice. Trust me, the spirit of slap still comes on me. And I have to go back and remember who I am in Christ Jesus. Right? But when we're close to him, it's easy to become close to them. So you heard me talk about the marriage, and I take my head off to my husband. You know, my husband does a, a wonderful job of me and my daughter. You know, he'll, certain things that we like to eat, he'll just make sure that they're in the house. And that'll last maybe for a couple of weeks, probably. And then all of a sudden, he'll just see us sitting there. He's like, what? you all were just, this was it. We got some character flaws. And I put my baby girl into it with her mama. We got some, well, we're done with that. We've moved on to something else. He didn't say, you know what? I need a new model. Something as simple as that. And so where I'm going with this is, what relationship can be restored today in your life? Maybe it's a coworker that by pulling close to him and allowing the Father to remind you that we love because he loved us first. Do you know he loved us and didn't require us to be have it all together? But who is it? Whose life can be different today because you decided to pull close to them? By pulling close to him. Are you going to stop demanding, you heard me say, others to be just like you? How about say, God, I know you love me. I want to be close to you. Can you make me like you? Can you imagine when I walked out of that relationship? I was broken. I was so hurt. My heart was crushed. I blame myself for being there because you heard me say, I made a decision. But pulling close to him allowed me to be restored and be whole. So now every relationship that I have the privilege to be in, whether it's a work relationship, of course, in my family, with friends, I want to add to them making their life better. Not bring all the weights with my justification that I have a right to hold on to bitterness. I don't want to be bitter. You don't need to be bitter. Bitter will break you. And every relationship that God tries to bring into your life to restore the hurt, they can't get too close because... This is my favorite word that you all remember this today. You start growling at them. Because you meet them with the bitterness. And then sometimes you inadvertently make them pay the price for something that they never knew even occurred. Let's just pull up close to him. It's a safe place. 
I promise you there's no safer place. So you're here today. And this is an opportunity to choose. This is an opportunity to get your answer. When you want to, you know, look at your relationships, whether they are in the context of your family, your friends, or even your workplace. The answer is pulling close to him. The answer is yes to Jesus. And you know what? I want to pray for you today, if you, if you will allow me to. Let's say you've never been offered an opportunity to pull close to Jesus. I promise you he's the answer. Or maybe you were like me. Maybe you, this isn't new for you. Church isn't new. Reading your Bible isn't new. But you just haven't felt as close as you want to be. Would you allow for me to pray with you today? So with every head bowed, every eye closed in prayer, if you'd say, you know what? God, thank you for loving me. I am your son. I'm your daughter. I'm ready today to pull closer to you. I would love to pray for you. So I'm just going to quickly count to three. If you want me to pray for you, right where I'm standing, you right in your seat. When I get to three, just shoot your hands up. One, two, three. Amen. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. Amen. You can put your hands down. And even if you didn't raise your hand, I just want to tell you, he loves you. He brought you here today to remind you, I see you. I see you. I see you. If you'll just repeat this prayer after me right there quietly between you and the Father. God in heaven, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe you sent him in the world just for me. I believe he hung and you raised him from the grave just for me. Jesus, today, come into my life to be my Lord and Savior so that I can spend the rest of my days close to you. And according to the word of God, I'm right now born again. Come on, church family. Let's celebrate with them. 